big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. This is Marion Rose. And I am Lael Stone. And today we are going to talk about school and rules. And this is another really juicy topic that we get asked about a lot around children either going to daycare, kindergarten, school, and how to navigate a system that perhaps isn't built on the foundation of the same principles of aware parenting and how we can do that with um, how we can navigate that with our children. Yay. And what I love about this when we came to the idea of recording this podcast is that Lel and I have, of course, very, very similar values around parenting, of course, um, but we've chosen very ways of, uh, very different ways of being with that with our children. So Lel, your children have gone to quite mainstream schools. My children have been homeschooled all the way through. And what I love about that is that we came to this idea of really sharing how we are aiming to to contribute to our children and stick stick to these values but there are so many different ways that we can do that and we're going to really talk about this process of um, how important we believe it is for us as parents to find what really resonates for us and there's going to be a different way for each parent which for me is part of this bigger picture that we want to talk about which is this you know I'm passionate about decolonization at the moment so we're looking at this paradigm that we that most of the world lives in the the colonized world anyways is so much about punishments and rewards and there's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things and and this is good and this is bad and there's naughty and all that stuff and part of this process is actually us as parents decolonizing ourselves and actually freeing ourselves from punishments and rewards and believing that there's a right way to parent and a wrong way and all that stuff which i would like to use a swear word (laughs) because I think that is there you go there's the thunder Um, but we're really here to support parents in really listening to themselves and each parent and each family it's a unique journey and comparing ourselves to other parents or believing there is a right and wrong way is part of that old paradigm that really aware parenting is 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 really not about it's a new paradigm which is about deep compassion for ourselves and really listening to ourselves so that we can really listen to our children yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) as as Marin and I we always you know get together before we we talk about what we're going to talk about and we were talking just about that decolonization and how it does not have to be perfect and right and we were laughing about our podcast because as we're talking I'm going to Marion are they the birds in the background (laughs) she's like oh I don't even hear the birds anymore and we were talking about the realness of our podcast of my dog barks and you know Marion has birds that sing really loudly and um and there's thunder tonight in in your place because we record this in different places and um we were both laughing at how we love the rawness of it and the realness of it because I think that's who we both are as women and mothers but I think what we speak to as well is that there is no right or wrong and and we just 
it is okay for it to be messy and it's okay for it not to be perfect and polished and well we, we pretty much have held, upheld that standard with our podcast <laughs> which is what we love about it so much because uh, we want it to be real and um, yes that's that's very important to both of us I think yes and I think what we're both passionate about is really helping our children um, change the paradigm really which and the paradigm has for a long time been uh, shaming and punishing and you know if it doesn't look a certain way like you know you're going to get punished you're going to get shamed and that can that can include even a podcast so I think that's what we really stand for on a meta level that we're really wanting to show you that we are here to to stand up for these new um, ways of thinking about human beings and we, new ways of being in relation to ourselves as mothers, as women, as human beings. There is so much about honesty, integrity, authenticity, self-compassion, because that's all goes into our parenting and supporting our children in staying connected with who they really are and loving themselves unconditionally, you know, whether or not the I don't know, the essay they write gets 10 out of 10 or, you know, whatever it is that they're doing. So this is, this is, uh, this episode on school and rules is actually part of a, a bigger perspective around, um, cultural conditioning and freeing ourselves from cultural conditioning so that our children can be freer from that in the first place, which is going to be much nicer, less shame, less internal punishments, less guilt, all of that stuff, which is none of it's very enjoyable. It is not. And look, having navigated how many, uh, I think by the time my youngest finishes school, I realise I will have done 21 years of schooling through with all three of my kids. So my oldest finished, school, you know, formal schooling last year. So I've been doing this schooling thing for a while now. And that is exactly so much of what I've had to navigate with my kids around the way our education system is set up, which is based on punishments and rewards. It's based on grades. It's based on competition. Uh, it's all about you've got to kind of fit into the system and structure and that's what we deem as success. And then if you do well enough for the score, then you get to go to university and do even better and get paid all the more money. And just it just keeps on going. And and, you know, what I've witnessed with my children is just they've come to it naturally, probably because of the way we've raised them, of this whole system is ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, on many levels it is. And the amount of times they've come home and gone, tell me again, what's the point of me going to school to learn, you know, stuff that often doesn't have any relevance to my life, that um, they want me to look the same. They, they tell us to be individuals, but we all have to look the same and we all have to conform. And, you know, there's, there's been many, many, many discussions we've had around how this looks. And, you know, I, I have, to be really transparent, struggled many times with my kids over the different years around knowing that the system doesn't serve them on many levels and how how do I honour them and also, you know, help them get an education with something they loved. And all of my kids have changed schools at some point where they've got to a point where this doesn't serve me and they've sought out other schools that have, have suited them better or they've discovered other options that would satisfy them more. So it has been a, it's been a big journey and, and particularly at this time of recording this podcast, our school year is just going back in Australia. So I have had a lot of messages this week from parents going, 
how do you do this? How do you send your kids into a system where they don't take, uh, where they, they don't take into consider, consideration, sorry, their emotional awareness? How do I help my kids navigate where they are shut down or they are being told they're naughty or they are going to get a mark on the board if they do something wrong? Like, how do I keep their essence alive and, you know, still put them in this kind of system? And that's, I think we're going to talk a little bit about that today around how to navigate that because it's tricky it's really tricky and and you know and look at this is why and you know we talk a little bit about this about why I am building a primary school a little, plug, a little plug for uh, <laughs> woodlinepriory.com today <laughs> and uh, because of all of this because it was just myself and another mother who was like it just it doesn't feel good it does not feel good um, to send my child off into a place where there is all that old behaviorism paradigm going on. And, you know, particularly the woman that I'm building this with, you know, her son who has been raised with aware parenting just is like, there's no way I'm, I'm going to do this. And so that really fueled our desire to try and build something different that was based on aware parenting philosophies, which is all about the emotional well-being of the child, that the child is fully seen and heard. And however they turn up for the day, then the teacher's job is to connect in with them and help them in whatever way they need to find their balance and to learn in the way that they learn so all of it is so much around the child and their emotional well-being and then the learning comes next because we know when kids don't feel safe and they don't feel connected it's really hard for them to learn so that is the absolute foundation of the school first and then the learning comes next from there so no, and and look you know I'm not the first to create you know schools like this there are there are other schools around the world that have essences of this or other kind of philosophies and role in the different pedagogies to really support this so it's it's you know people have been looking and searching for this for a long time I think and I, I hope and I feel confident that it is building more momentum that we begin to see that the way our main educa education system is at the moment needs to change it just is not serving our children anymore yeah. And I think as part of that, I, I find it really important to hold ourselves with a lot of compassion, you know, apart from, well, including compassionate ways, but, you know, the parents that are going to get to send their children to your school. But the way I see it, that we do live in this particular paradigm and whether it's whether we're going to be talking about this really whether for us it feels uh, the, the most right thing for our family to send our children to school or whether homeschooling fits or whether it's an alternative school is um is understanding that we're doing that from within this bigger paradigm and that uh that's often challenging as you said it's it can be really challenging to send our children into an old paradigm school but it also from a as a homeschooling parent as well knowing that this is because society isn't set up in that way you know if everyone was homeschooling there would be resources and all of those things in place so i think it's really being compassionate with ourselves that we're aiming to parent our children and support them in their learning journeys from within a, a bigger cultural perspective that isn't yet doing that and how hard that can be at times and you know whichever system we choose there are often going to be challenges unless they choose your school of course Leo. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you well hopefully we get to open lots of them all over everywhere all over the world yes yes, yes we'll see i see that yeah. yeah thank you thank you so i guess one of the things we want to talk about is you know i guess well what i have found with my own children and i know marion you know you work with many parents who express the same thing is that when their children 
um, have perhaps been brought up with an aware parenting paradigm so feelings are listened to and there isn't yelling and screaming and there's you know not punishments uh, that when children do go into our schooling system and they are yelled at by a teacher or they are being told they're naughty or they do have to have a sticker on the board because they didn't do the right thing how to help our children navigate what that feels like and then not to internalize those feelings of I'm bad or I'm not good enough or I'm not smart or whatever may go on for them. And that's one of the things that I had to learn to navigate with my kids. But that's something that you know, you've shared, Marion, that many people do feel concerned about. Yes, absolutely. And I, I really want to acknowledge you, Leo, because I know for myself when when I thought about learning for my kids, I just knew for myself you know, I had a lot of different reasons for choosing homeschooling. But one of the things I knew was that I had a lot of hurts around my own experience in school, a lot of hurts and a lot of pain that I hadn't yet processed enough. And that I knew for me, it was gonna, I, I didn't really feel resourced enough to be supporting them in, in all the healing that I knew that would be required as they came back because I knew that I would go into my own hurts around that. So I really want to acknowledge you and your capacity to do that because I really didn't have it in me to do that. So in, in well, a way it was easier, easier for me to go the homeschooling route. <laughs> Which, do you know what? I laugh at that because there's no way I could have homeschooled my kids. <laughs> like, I, I gave it a thought for a little while then I just went no no I can't do that <laughs> I just couldn't and so I, I again I'm in awe of what you have done with your kids so again it's different perspectives isn't it yeah, yeah. and do you know what I think this takes us to possibly is that I think we're both passionate about supporting parents to to really come to their own clear yes or no and whether it's yes for school or no for school and and I know um, we've talked about this. So for me, I often have more the parents who come who are wanting to homeschool, but perhaps not feeling sure about that or, um, you know, scared about what perhaps their partner is thinking or their parents are thinking or what their friends might think of them. And I think what often happens is when, when we think about school or homeschooling is our own inner children do show up and our own school experiences do come up to be heard and listened to and healed. Uh, and one of the things that we both talk about is the importance of really coming to a really clear yes around whatever it is we choose. So because if if we as parents are not clear on a yes, so if we're, and that can be either way, that can be if we're saying, you know, I'm sending my child to school, but actually I have all this fear and I actually not, haven't really worked through it enough. Our children are going to pick up on that. And I know you're going to share more about that, Lel. And you know, for me, I more veer towards uh, working with people who have more like, well, I'd love to homeschool but I can't, so I'm going to send my child to school, but they, they actually have a no, so they're not listening to the no. And I think it's a real honour that we do for our children when we really listen into ourselves and do our own inner work around this. Like, is it, what is our yes? What feels most true to our heart? And how can we support ourselves in really coming to that in a full-hearted sense in our body? Because if we are going to support our children to go to school or to homeschool, we really need to have that quite embodied in our in our system to be able to really support them with whatever shows up for them oh that is that is one of the biggest pieces for sure like yes. I have many parents whose kids don't want to go to school or they're finding it really tricky 
And then I will say, well, what's your energy saying? How do you feel about it? And they're like, well, it doesn't feel safe to send them. And I go, so your child is pretty clever. Then they're just reflecting back that that doesn't feel safe. But if we break it down, does, does it feel like an okay place for them to go? And when they can work through their own story to say, yes, it is, then that energy shift often will shift the child as well because the child will be like, oh, okay, yes, I can go now. This feels okay. This feels safe. If, I, if I'm sensing with my parent that that feels okay, okay for them then that's going to help me feel safer as well uh, look I, I experienced this with my youngest daughter when she went to kindergarten and she was going to a beautiful kindergarten and and my other kids had been there it was very beautiful and the staff were just so gorgeous and um, because my youngest and I had had a massive birth journey and there'd been a lot of trauma and separation was tricky this was the first time that we were separating really you know so she was three and a bit years of age and so the first day we went and it was all wonderful. But then the next day it just was not great. And she did not want me to leave and I didn't want to leave. And so I ended up going to kinder every day for nearly a whole term. <laughs> and I would just sit in the corner and the teachers were very kind and they were very much, you know, they were really like, yep, it's okay. And she would slowly feel safer and those kind of things. But I finally dawned on me after about, you know, quite a few weeks, I realized oh my gosh, this is more about me than it is about her. I don't know if I can let her go. And I realized that I actually had to get really clear and I, I knew it was a really beautiful place for her to go and I felt really safe with her being there. And I actually had to set a loving limit for myself, which was it is safe to let her go. And um, one of the teachers who was there, who I loved, who got aware parenting, I just said to her, okay, you know, tomorrow we're actually, I'm going to leave this time. And can you just hold Tali and listen to her feelings and cry? And she's like, absolutely, I can do that. And so, and I said to her, you know, tomorrow, darling, mummy is going to leave. And, you know, she would say no. And I go, you tell me all about it. So I listened to her feelings before we even got to kinder that night before. And then in the morning, I said, I'm going to leave today and gave her the opportunity to cry more. And then when we got to kinder and I said, okay, it's time for mummy to leave and, and Kiralee's there with you and Kiralee held her and she cried and cried. And then I walked out of the room and then I just completely lost it. <laughs> I just cried. And I went into the director's office who she knew me, like my other kids had been there. And I just literally got on the floor in the fetal position and sobbed and she just stroked my hair <laughs> for about half an hour. And look, I knew that wasn't just about sending my child off to kinder. That was a much bigger story for us. I mean, I had done it already with two older kids, so it wasn't my first go at this, but there was a much bigger story. And then the next day we went to kinder, she was like, see you, mum, and that was it, right? So I, that was such a valuable lesson for me as a parent around being very clear for me that, yes, this is safe for her to be there and, yes, this is safe to let her go. And as soon as she felt that safety within me, she was like, okay, good, I can do this now. And so that was a, it was a really beautiful experience to, to have that highlighted. Mm, yeah. so clear isn't it and mm -hmm. i love i love that story i love it and you know what uh, when you're sharing that as well it connects me with you know i love that you the they were they had a yes to you staying and staying and staying till you get to you got to that point in yourself where you were willing to leave and you were willing to feel that for yourself because over the years having talked to parents i'm sure you have too and all over the world is so many places whether it's daycare or kindergarten or play group or whatever country it is and whatever it's called is so many um systems who uh who really have very strict uh rules in inverted commas around um 
parents and how they are with their child, particularly around things like separation. And what I often find very strongly is that um, it can be very easy for parents to go into their own uh, memories and powerlessness around school and to give up on their own parenthood and their own advocacy for their children and you know where teachers maybe say you know you you have to leave now or just you know go when they're not looking or you know to take the, you know prize them away while they're crying and I think so often um, for parents you know we can go into our own childhood hurts around that and and just maybe go into a little bit of freeze and do what the teacher says because often that has been our experience growing up in school and particularly in that more old paradigm so I think it's a really helpful thing to really remember that we are still the parents and we are the advocates for our children and um, nowadays I don't really support parents around school because I'm like I've never sent my children to school <laughs> I haven't got personal experience but I am really here to support parents in really listening to themselves and not giving up their own um, power and their own um, advocacy and you know support of their children just if teachers say to do that you know it's a very different thing what you're talking about to actually going okay I'll I'll do what the teacher says and actually in ways that aren't supporting a child to to separate in their own time and to have their feelings heard and all of those kinds of things. Yes, and that that was a really important part of in building my school for transitions. Like, so my whole vision in this school is that we will go as gently as the child and the parent needs, and we will offer support to both. Because I know all the time, it's sometimes not just one-sided. What what is happening for that child around separation or attachment? It's usually connected to where the parent is feeling as well, so that we have the capacity to hold both of them as they move into this next stage. So really support the child if they have feelings and then hold that space for the parent to work through their own feelings as well so that it can happen in a a way that feels safe for both of them. And I love that you are saying that, Marion, about really giving parents, I think, confidence to trust themselves of what they need to do with their child because you know your child better than anyone and sometimes that transition needs to go slowly and sometimes that's against the rules in, uh, in certain systems, but it's okay because, you, you know, you could be doing something incredibly inspiring for many other parents and also a great gift for your child. I always just used to come back to this that my priority is my child's emotional well-being. That's it. And even when I used to have parent-teacher interviews and I would go to the parent-teacher interview and the teacher would go, okay, so this is where they're at with English and math. And I'd be like, I don't care about their grades. <laughs> How are they in the classroom? How do they respond to other kids? How are they feeling? Like, you know, all I wanted to hear about was their emotional state. I didn't care where their learning was at really. I kind of trusted that because for me that was what I found really important. So within that as a as a concept with my kids through schooling, we've had so many days off when I have seen that my kids have reached the point of this is too much. So we have days off and we have a day where it's just special time with me and that child, or we will plan days off where we go and do some other adventure out in the world. And I was really transparent with my kids school going, this is what I'm going to do because this is what I value and this is what's important. And if you don't, if you have an issue with it, we can discuss it further, but they never had an issue with it because I was so clear on what I was doing that I never really got challenged on it. 
And, and what I did find though, is that when my children did find the right place for them in schooling, they never wanted days off. They were like, no, 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 I want to go because they had found a place that felt really safe for them or they loved learning. So yeah, it was kind of a combination of sometimes when they weren't in the right schooling system that I went, okay, we'll navigate this by having days off and by me picking up early sometimes and giving them enough of that balance to de-stress from the day, to unpack what was going on so that they could then, you know, cope when they had to go back, If you know, when, yeah, on, on other days. And I love what you say, Lel, in terms of the the priority being their emotional well-being. And I really think that in terms of aware parenting as well, that we know, and as you said earlier on, that we know if a child is feeling connected and if they're feeling relatively free from pent up painful feelings, then they have the capacity to concentrate and to, and to hear and to listen and to take in information and to be curious and be creative and, and follow what they're interested in. And I think that's, you know, I, what I love about that is although that we've chosen really different routes in, in how we've done that with our children, that we've really, supported them and trusted them and really prioritized that emotional well-being knowing that everything else just comes naturally from that isn't it that we we trust them we listen to what they're interested in we support them in that I, I love it that we neither of us have been like um we've just trusted their own journey rather than you know you you should do this or you should go to university or any of that stuff you know I laugh for myself you know having gone very academic route PhD from Cambridge and um fellow I was a postdoctoral fellow and I was an MA lecturer and I have no um have to around my children going to university or doing any further education I really what I've come to myself and I think this is so much part of what we both love is we talked about this in our other podcasts on school is like valuing all forms of learning equally and that talking we learn just as much through talking as through writing and I think that's one of the things I'm really passionate around decolonization is that this Western culture has valued writing and learning through the written word as being like some kind of be all and end all and every other form of learning and skill is not valued as much. And I think what we both value is all the forms of learning the, through the body and through joy and through speaking and through dancing and singing and, and soccer <laughs> and all the things. And that what we really want for our children, would you agree is that we want them to be deeply connected with themselves and to go out into the world doing what they love. I mean, that's really it. And that's everything, isn't it? <laughs> so it is. I mean, I'm nodding. You like furiously. I loved you? your nodding. I'm like, oh, it's so, uh, all of that. I, I used to say to my kids when they'd be like, what's the point of school? And I go, the point of school is to figure out how to be with lots of different people who've got lots of different ideas on things and to figure out where you sit within all of that. So I often had said to my kids, schooling a lot of the time is about relationships. It's about your relationship with a teacher, with, with your friends, different shifting, things like that, your relationship to yourself, how you're going to navigate it. And school, particularly our mainstream schooling system, is showing you a beautiful contrast of sometimes of the things you don't want so that you know what you do want. And it also gives us the opportunity to figure out how we learn. And it also gives us the opportunity to figure out what we feel excited about and what we are lit up about. So I don't care if you if you crap at maths, like that's okay. Like that's not your thing, but there's something else. And I've loved particularly with my middle daughter who um, is, is, 
intelligent and smart and she's like you know we used to joke if friendship was a subject she would like have a pluses right because <laughs> she's got more friends than anyone i've ever met she loves social she loves talking she's just like that's how she interacts because she's completely social and just wants to know about life and we learned kind of early on when she hit high school that sitting down and writing an essay is incredibly challenging for her but if she can speak it if she can stand up and walk around the room and tell you what she thinks then she's brilliant and so we really learned early on that this is how she does it and so part of I guess navigating high school for her was talking to teachers saying particularly in those English written subjects this is where Indy thrives and this is what she can do so um, how can we work that with her learning because sitting down and writing an essay and is, is fine she finds that incredibly challenging and her brain just kind of freezes she has to move and she has to speak it and so a lot of the times when she did have an assignment I would help her and I'd go okay what are we going to write about and so she would stand up and walk around the room and I'd take notes for her and then she would do corrections afterwards but that was a way that we discovered how she learned best and um, and then through doing all of you know those years she's just changed schools now she's doing year 11 and 12 at a more hands-on school where they don't necessarily have homework and they don't have exams and the learning is done with your hands and it's industry learning. So she's doing exactly what she, um, you know, what she knows that she's good at, you know. And so it's been, it's been an incredible journey to find what that looks like for her so she can find that. And, and equally the same, I did the same with my son. He found it really challenging to sit in the classroom because he's an athlete and he has to move his body. So he spent his last two years of schooling at a sports school where they did more um, learning outside with a soccer ball, doing drills and talking about stuff than they did in the classroom. And that also served him beautifully because that's what he loves. Now, my third child, who's just started secondary school, she loves sitting and writing. She's really quite academic. Like she quite likes the rote learning. And so we're like, okay. So I love that all children are completely different. And that I have found in my experience with my children in schooling is that however they've come to it, I've had to look at it with there is growth and learning in all opportunities here. And my job as a parent is to keep holding a space for you to unpack what feels tricky about this or to unpack what you don't like about what you're seeing and to help give you insights into the way that the whole system works. So you can not only be discerning around what's happening, but you also can have insight into who, who, into who humans are um, and that's what I found has been one of the most powerful things in teaching my kids um, who have been in a system is that you know one of the main things I do whenever my kids came home from school was really make sure that I was super available for them for the first half an hour or hour from when I'd pick them up so especially in primary school so when kids were starting when they were little you know, particularly those first few years, I just knew that as soon as they got in the car, they were going to need to offload, you know, that they had to be good all day. They had to be sitting on the mat. They had to ask to go, when to go to the toilet. There was a lot of powerlessness there. So with my little ones, whenever they got home from school, we would just have power reversal games for a good half an hour. We would rumble on the bed. We would wrestle and, you know, they would push me off the bed and we would laugh and we would do whatever I could do to give them some power back. We would play that they were in charge of certain games and rules and all those kind of things so I'd find that that was just mandatory in those younger years of schooling that really when I picked them up I had to give them full presence and let them just defrag from the day of being good and I found that that was pretty incredible and then when they'd kind of offloaded those stresses 
you know, and I would say, did anything feel tricky at school today? And they might say, oh, Miss such and such grumbled today or someone got in trouble. And I would say, oh, how did that feel for you? And what went on for you? And we would open up conversations around what it was like, whether they got in trouble or someone else did and how that felt. And I just opened up a whole new vocabulary around humans and why we do what we do. And what I really wanted to imprint within them was that, sometimes teachers have really hard days and they're going to project their big feelings onto other people (laughs) or if they feel really powerless in their own world then you know powering over kids can sometimes make them feel you know better or it's you know that they've got a lot of hurt there and that's what how they're um, navigating it and what I found in having those conversations from a very young age my children became so incredibly aware of how teachers were and how they were behaving. And then they didn't take it on board that it's something they've did, they did wrong or they're not enough or they're not good enough. You know, they would just clearly see that this was more about the other person, which was incredible to the point where <laughs> in secondary school, my kids, <laughs> my kids would often get in trouble because they'd called a teacher out on their behaviour, which I have to say I was the most proud <laughs> mum when my daughter was like, well, you know what, today this teacher was behaving so appallingly, mum, like she's meant to be an adult and this is what she was doing and it was just ridiculous. So I actually just said to her, do you think that you acting like a child is going to make us behave better? Because what I'm seeing at the moment is you're just doing A, B, C, D, right? And the teacher obviously didn't like that being um, called out by a 14 or 15 year old, but, and, but Indy was right. She was right on the money and she went to the principal and just said I just don't believe that this is appropriate because if this teacher wants us to do better she has to connect with us she has to speak to us like we're adults she's talking to us like you know uh, yeah it was just it was amazing I was very proud of it (laughs) so amazing so amazing and this is exactly what we were talking about at the beginning isn't it that you have supported them in such a way that they are changing the system from within that they are not willing to 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 put up with those kinds of things do you know what it really reminds me of that many years ago i went to um, an intensive with marshall rosenberg who's the founder of nbc nonviolent communication you know i'm really passionate about and i remember him talking about exactly that and it really sunk in that he said you know with with children if they go to school one of the most important things is helping them see that what a teacher does a lot of that is about the teacher and really supporting them so that they don't take that on and internalize that to be about themselves. And look, that's exactly what you've done. And I really so celebrate you. And do you know what I've loved too? My oldest son, um, because he did go to a sports college and um, he had the opportunity to work with a lot of kids and kids with disabilities or kids on the spectrum. And um, he would say, he said, you know, when I talked to him about how was it training these kids and he said, oh, well, you've got to connect with them first, mum, or they don't listen. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, <laughs> darling. <laughs> but, and we, we'd have the in-depth conversations and I'd go, so tell me what do you think makes a good teacher? And he's like, well, these are things that I witnessed in teachers that I had that weren't great or a system that wasn't great. And this is what um, I know, what I've learned that feels good for me and then what I've done with the kids. And I was just like, amazing, right? So this mm. this incredible 
um, opportunity for him to learn and grow by seeing the contrast. And I think that's what I'd like to offer parents. If you are feeling really like, oh, the system doesn't feel good for me or I feel like my child's being shut down or they've got feelings there, whatever, is to know that there is always learning there is always possibility for learning and growth in whatever situation we're in and sometimes that's really not going to feel great as you are saying Marion and and really it is about having the confidence or you know the knowing within to say actually we need to make different choices but I I guess what I have found within navigating the schooling system is a deep trust that my kids are there because I wasn't willing to homeschool and that they were there for a reason and I can give them the insights and the opportunities to offload what doesn't feel good to help them then be discerning humans in the world and also know how to navigate situations that feel tricky sometimes, which I think is what I've learned that they have managed to do, being in situations where um, it is more of that whole behaviourism, authoritarian paradigm and how to hold their own within it. And I've watched that that's, you know, what they have managed to to learn from being in that system. So amazing. So, so amazing. Do you know, I wanted to rewind back a bit when you were talking about the, um, the different ways of learning and supporting um, your elder two around the, the ways that they were most enjoyed learning, which was not so much the sitting. And it was something that I really learned for myself as well, having also been very, really love writing and you know that was my way and my daughter is also like that she's very she, you know she that comes very naturally to her the, the writing and all that stuff and my son really didn't want to learn in that way he didn't enjoy uh, writing he didn't enjoy learning in the same way that she had done and it really helped me you know for me homeschooling has been a lot about um you know, they talk about de-schooling ourselves. So, so really, t- I would also see it as part of decolonization is actually all the ways that I thought was learning, which for me, learning was sitting down at a desk with a workbook or some such thing and writing down stuff. That was really listening to someone writing down stuff. That was, that was learning. Anything else wasn't learning. And it took me quite a lot of years to really unpack and unpeel those to really see that, um, you know, a lot of the, re- and this is what I learned actually, a lot of the reasons why in our culture that is seen as the most important form of learning is because of the actual system that in, in a schooling system, that is often the, the easiest way to understand what's going on for a lot of children. Whereas if you're in more of a homeschooling environment, when you, when you only have a smaller amount of children, you don't necessarily need to be writing things down because you know what they know. You don't need to write an essay because you can have a conversation with them. You don't need to be marking loads of essays. So it really, you know, I had a similar journey of, of really peeling back and peeling back till I came to go, oh gosh, you know, my son's form of learning is entirely different. And I have learned so much from him, which has also helped me to really value all the different ways that I learn and different skills. And, you know, so I'm really deeply passionate about that because I do think it is part of this culture that really, which does so much disservice. And actually, you know, what I would love to say is working with people, I work a lot with women entrepreneurs in, um, and what often I see is so often the results of this Um, old-fashioned paradigm so I see so many women with amazing gifts and skills that they want to go and share in the world and what they come up against is so often what they've internalized from the old-fashioned schooling systems where they didn't have parents to support them in the ways you, you have done with your kids so you know all that internalized 
you know, who am I to do this? Or, you know, someone else is doing it or the comparison or that it's not good enough or I should be doing it this way. You know, we're back to why we do our podcasts the way we do because there's so much of that has been internalized and actually prevents um, so many people from going out into the world and sharing their amazing gifts. So, so for me, I've loved the journey of homeschooling to really actually help me come to a deep sense of trust in every single human being and their unique journey and their unique gifts. And that's for some people that is writing and reading and words. And for many, many people, it doesn't look anything like that. And, 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 I just like to share that because as you can see I'm really passionate about really supporting human beings and the amazingness and of all the different ways that we can contribute in the world and and writing and uh is one of them but it's it's not the most superior one because there isn't a superior one it's all equally beautiful whether it's drawing a painting or going in the garden understand you know getting getting what it is to actually understand plants or be with animals or whatever it is it's all equally valid and I'm so passionate and that comes back to the bigger picture is that for me decolonization is is not only supporting our children to not take on the the punishments and the you know the shaming and all that stuff but to actually deeply value themselves and what they love and and that everyone's gifts are equally valuable whether or whether that's you know being a doctor or a lawyer or whether that's um being a florist or a vet or just you know i don't know hanging out with kids or whatever it is that they're all gorgeous <laughs> so i think for me that's why i'm passionate about supporting parents to help their children to value themselves deeply mm-hmm. in whatever way that is whether that's school and supporting the the them seeing the system as you have with your kids or an alternative school like your school or homeschooling or whatever it is but that we can support our children to to stay connected with themselves and the and the amazing spirit that each child has to to share and to the uniqueness and the wonderfulness of children you know that to not squash that or to to try and fit them into a box which is not them mm. oh i so love that <laughs> too i so I second all of what you've said for sure. And and look, I, I'd also like to make note that our schooling system is expanding a little bit. Like, you know, children are offered more subjects than they've ever been offered before. Like they I think there's there's on some level they're trying, you know, play based learning has become something, particularly in the younger years, it's it's becoming a little bit more uh, common now and, you know, the different types of subjects kids can do, all that kind of stuff. So we've still got the exam kind of vibe and the grades and all those kind of things, which I still think can cause all sorts of issues. And and we highly recommend the homework myth as a book, uh, because that really does break down <laughs> it is all the kind of background you know, information as to why our schooling system does doesn't suit many people. Uh, and, and look, at what I would also like to acknowledge is the teachers because I think teachers in our mainstream system are doing it really tough. They do not have the time or the resources to connect with children in the way that I think they want to. I think we've become more about grades and marks and are we up to a certain standard than we are around connection and I think having so many children in a classroom and I mean I think teachers are amazing and I also think so many of them are burnt out because you know our system doesn't support them and that was something again for me when we were building our school that our school is not going to work unless our teachers are completely 
grounded, connected, have done their own work, are really aware of themselves and their own stories so that none of that's, you know, projected onto their kids so that they can be that calm, centred, anchoredness for the children in their classroom. So part of that is me supporting the teachers with lots of listening time, lots of support in whatever way they need to work through anything and that they are really resourced and they're also given the opportunity to take breaks, to, you know, do whatever they need to do to connect with themselves because the whole philosophy around how it's going to work is for the teachers to hold. So if we don't hold the teachers, then it's not going to work. So um, I, I see that in all the mainstream systems and a lot of the teachers I've spoken to with that part is really broken as well. And mm. so, you know, I think our children are, are, you know, just sometimes on the end of a system that isn't, doesn't know how to support the people that are meant to be teaching. Mm, and I, I really so appreciate you bringing in all that. And of course, you're, you know, you're on the ground because you're doing all the research and you know what's happening. So, um, you know, I also think it's really helpful to look at the, the history of school because I think it is absolutely the paradigm is shifting and you are so much you're on the cutting edge of that. But to, to look at um, the history of school and if anyone's interested, I really recommend looking at people like um, John Taylor Gatto or Peter, Get, uh, Peter Gray. They talk about, um, you know, how school came into being and it was so much to do with the Industrial Revolution and at the time, um, you know, wanting people who would, you know, get to work at a certain time and finish at a certain time and do what they were told. And, you know, we still have um, aspects of that in the schooling system now, which, of course, is not it doesn't serve children, it doesn't serve teachers, it doesn't really serve anyone because we don't we actually don't live in in an industrial world anymore where we've gone post-industrial in there whatever are we in there what are we in now information I don't know I think we're going past that one now but you know our, our culture's changing and and I think the, the schooling system is is kind of lagging behind a little bit in terms of how it needs to evolve to support children to actually you know really contribute in the world and I think we need a whole lot of young people with really connected to creative ways of thinking not to not to kind of keep creating the old paradigm but we we you know our young people are going to need to come up with a lot of creative solutions and we need to support them in being able to think creatively don't we yes I think <laughs> I agree like I often joke you know I mean since Google came about really <laughs> like, the answer is there like, we have to change the way we teach and how kids, because they've grown up with Google. They've grown up with a calculator on their phone, like you know, our old school way of maths. And I know there still is a place for it, definitely. Yeah, but, yeah. but the way we find information is completely different now. Like what are the other skills that we're going to need for this world moving forward? So I think that's where we yes. have to look at this change in a big, big way and, and what is possible. Yeah, so I'm, I'm can, curious to see. So, yeah. Can I share a little joke that I remember if you, years ago someone said to me about homeschooling they said you know but what happens when your child asks you something and you don't know the answer <laughs> and I did oh, say Google homeschooling <laughs> has never been so easy think about like 20 years ago you would have had to use the Encyclopedia Britannica or you would have had to go to the library whereas now you just like, oh, <laughs> let me just ask Google. <laughs> and, now, and, and nowadays in so many universities even, you can just get like all their, you know, there's so much online stuff that's amazing. So I also want to say, you know, I really, if, if anyone is out there and saying, oh, you know, I'd really like to homeschool, but I, you know, I'm 
scared or anything like that I'd also really want to say I support you because it's just so much as if it you know it's listening to our yeses and our nos and I also really enjoy homeschooling so if anyone's there and would like a little bit of encouragement I'm here to say it's it's also really I've really enjoyed it (laughs) that's so wonderful and also equally too if you're a parent and your child loves school and loves the way that it works that is also amazing this is not to say school is you know it's terrible and you shouldn't do it some kids absolutely thrive in this environment some kids love the structure they love how that looks so it's you know there is just definitely not a one-size-fits-all you know and I think that that is again really good to just know we are all unique and individual and and for some it suits beautifully but for others it doesn't feel as good so yeah there's no judgment I just you know again as we said before we just want all people to find what it is that feels good for them that lights them up that connects them to their passion so that they can then go and explore that because that is you know again the goal so that they feel deeply connected and passionate about who they are as as a human being I would also really love to just add some practicals for parents if you do have kids going to kinder or school. So um, particularly in the younger years, I have found one of the most wonderful things to do before you're sending your child off to kinder or school, you know, is every morning just to have like 15 or 20 minutes of special time or present time with your child before, you know, I find this really important before you're even trying to get them dressed or having breakfast, all those kind of things to just have some connection whether that's having a thumb wrestle in their bed whether it's you know playing trains for 10 minutes something that is about filling up their cup really deeply connecting in with them before they have to separate from you for the day so that can be a really great way to just start the day of having a little bit of connection time and I find that once kids have had that connection they're more willing then to get dressed and get ready to to go to school because they've had their cup filled in that way um, as I mentioned earlier about particularly with with kids kindergarten or even those first few years of schooling you know for the first half an hour when you meet your child again to just hold that space for them whether it's with some play or laughter or just holding space for big feelings like my kids were just classic that for pretty much the first few two first two years of school as soon as they'd see me in the playground they would just completely melt down (laughs) they would just throw their back on the ground and just like just have a meltdown around something. I used to try and contain them to get them into the car at least before. It's hard when you're in the playground and your child's having a meltdown. But it was like they'd been holding it together all day and then as soon as they saw me, they were like, here's everything that I've been holding on to and it would just come tumbling out. And that was so normal and I would find that once they did get to kind of offload that, then they would feel good for the afternoon. Um, So definitely just some spaciousness for your child when you do reconnect with them. And then lots of play to help process, particularly for the younger kids too, playing kinders, playing schools, letting them be the teacher. If you would like to know what's going on in your child's classroom, then play schools and let them be the teacher because they will often speak exactly the way the teacher speaks and, you know, and they will play through the things that maybe they found tricky or they'll play through the rules of how it works. And so it's, it's a beautiful thing to sit and just witness because it's such an insight into their world. So I highly recommend playing kinders or schools with your kids. Um, with your older children, you know, who perhaps aren't so much into that play, that role play, it is maybe, again, just offering some connection when you pick them up, whether that might just be food, whether it's something silly they might want to do. And then just as they kind of unravel from the day, it might be then just tuning in going, you know, hey, did anything happen today that you found tricky or, you know, what was the best part of your day? And just giving them space for them to offload whatever might be 
have gone on. And, and like I said earlier, an opportunity once they've offloaded to just, you know, bring up that, what do you think was happening for the teacher? Or what do you think was going on for that boy who got in trouble? Or to just create some awareness around the dynamics that may happen, which gives them some more insight. So that may be, um, you know, they may be a few just basic tips to, to help, hopefully, if, if you find that you're struggling. And as we also said to just really tuning in with yourself around how that feels for you as the parent, whether there's some of your old stuff that you might need to work with or, you know, any fears that you have to get really clear for yourself so that that energy feels clear for your kids as well. And I would also just like to offer, like as, as we're talking about finding that strong yes, whether that is to homeschool, also to change schools. I found that my kids have all led that. They have been in situations or classrooms where they're like, this does not serve me. And I've really trusted them to know what, what is right. And even when my daughter wanted to change primary school, she was in grade three or grade four. She was just like, this teacher does not get me. She doesn't look me in the eye. She has no idea who I am. <laughs> like she was just really calling exactly what was missing. And Tali just said, I just don't want to go back in there. I'm learning nothing, nothing. She just yells all the time and, and you know, I'd, I'd met with the teacher a few times and, you know, she was having a hard time, this teacher. So I said to her, let's go and look at some other schools. And so we went and I said to her, you'll know the school. I know you will. And we went to a few schools and we walked into this one school and we literally walked in the playground and she looked around and then she said, this is the place. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then we went and met the teacher and there was a place for her and she was so happy there. So, so, so happy. It just, it really resonated with her. So part of it was really trusting. I, I She taught me about really trusting my child too, to show me where they needed to go, especially if it looks unconventional. Because again, I think we're really heavily influenced by society of, you know, you must do this and then you get this grade and then you got, you know, all that stuff as we talked about before. So trusting that our child, you know, has a path mm. and to giving them the space to follow that if you can. Mm, it's really supporting that those really important needs for autonomy and agency, which we talk about a lot in Aware Parenting. And, you know, also I know many homeschoolers, even unschoolers, whose children have chosen to go to school, whether that's, you know, a little bit older or they've gone for periods of time. So it's really supporting our children, isn't it, to stay connected with what they, the same that we're talking about to us to connect in with our yeses and nos and really supporting our children to stay connected with that as well. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things we can do as parents, isn't it? So that they have, yeah, this feels really right for me. And actually this is so not, and we you know to support them in listening to themselves around that. So and I, I learned a lot from my middle child too, because, you know, around about year nine or 10, in school, there becomes this pressure to what are you, what are you going to do? What do you want to do with your life? Right. And she would just sit there and she's like, I'm 15. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I just want to go and figure out who I am. That's what she would say. But she's like, well, how am I supposed to know? I'm just like a teenager and I'm just busy being a teenager. And so back off with this pressure of what I should or shouldn't do. And, and I'd be like, yes, good answer, babe. You've got your whole life to figure out what it is that makes you happy. And you might do this for a bit and then that for a bit. And I totally trust that you will find your path of where you need to be. But I want it to be because it lights you up and you feel passionate and you're excited about what you want to do. And, and I have said to my kids all the way through too, there are so many pathways to get to where you want to be. And it doesn't have to look like one that's university. It doesn't have to look like one that does this trait. There are so many ways to do what you love. 
So let's stay open to all the possibilities of how that may manifest. Mm. And I've also found now, and I wonder if you have too, is that we're often get to go on this parallel journey as well. Again, part of that, that decolonization of ourselves is we also get to increasingly do that for ourselves and listen to what we love and do what we love and, and follow our own callings and, and share our gifts in the world as well. I think it's a beautiful thing that we're also modeling for our children that we are also as much as we can on that same journey, aren't we? <laughs> like figuring it out and doing what we love and doing a bit more of that and following that along. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So, I mean, I would just really love to offer any parents listening, if you are struggling with our systems and, you know, and look again, they're not all bad. There's some magnificent stuff around it, but if it is feeling tricky with your kids to really tune into what feels a truth for you and you know and if your truth is that your child is going to school then to really just know there are so many things you can do to support them to you know to feel good in that environment and to give them these beautiful understandings about humans and how the world works because I really do feel like it's been an incredible gift for my children um, to have that contrast yeah mm. mm. So wonderful. Mm, it's good. It's good topic, isn't it? It's yes. So juicy. So good. So good. And I'm also grateful, you know what, not just my children, but I'm grateful that I've had to navigate that with my kids because that has given me the fuel and the insights to create a different way of schooling. So, you know, I just think that there's I'm very, very grateful all that I've seen that I haven't liked and all that I've gone, oh, that could be done better or that doesn't feel good, then it's given me incredible insight into how to do it a different way and I feel very grateful for that. Mm, it's often the way, isn't it? Yeah. And one last thing we were going to yes. mention too. Yes, yes. If that is where it sits for you, where you don't like it, don't be afraid to be an advocate for your child and an yes. advocate for change because sometimes just systems and teachers and stuff don't know any different. So if you have beautiful understandings around awareness or consciousness and raising children, don't be afraid to go and say, is this a possibility to do it this way? Or would you like me to come and talk to you, your you know, the classroom about something like, don't be afraid to go and advocate for some change because I think we need that. We need parents to stand up and say, I want this to look a bit different. And is there another way we could do it? You know, because this doesn't work for my child or I'm seeing that it isn't supporting, you know, children or those kind of things. So I fully encourage you if it doesn't feel good for you to perhaps think about, well, how could this look different and what can I do to start facilitating some of that change? Mm, I love that. Do you know what I often see is, you know, things can get spread, like I see it as a little bit like an emotional virus in schools. And what I think about is, is us going in, or the, those who go into the schooling system, whether you're a teacher or a parent or a child, and, and it's like going and spreading a new virus, the one of connection and listening and, and all of those things that you, that you do when you go in and actually say, well, you know, we could, how about, you know, we put in a little bit of play here, or would you be willing to listen to this thing or read this thing or read this book about aware parenting or read the, I know I've spoken to many parents who've taken in um, the homework myth by Alfie Cohn and actually shown it to, to the teachers at their schools. You know, it's really seeing that we have power as parents. And what I love about that is that that can also be a reparative thing for us around school. You know, we were talking earlier on that we may often go into our little child parts and um, go into powerlessness around school and just do what's told. And I often see 
talk about the same in birthing, which I know is your field of expertise, that that can happen too. But when we go in and we stand there as the parent, as the advocate for our child and other children, we're also repairing, repairing our own experiences of powerlessness as a child in school, which is also a wonderful thing, I think. Mm, I love it. I so love it. So there's some pretty awesome resources you can check in with. Um, we've talked about the homework myth, so that's a great book to read. There's another great book called The Compassionate Classroom for anybody that would love some more insights if you're a teacher or if you're a parent that would love to perhaps give some um, suggestions to your school around. So The Compassionate Classroom is another great book. Um, any others that you think about, Marion? Um, Marsha Rosenberg has got some, what does he have, NBC in Education? I think he has mm. a little booklet on that. I always I love all his work around, mm. around that. Mm. And, and, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's also things, you know, doing, well, just in my research for Woodline, you know, having a look at play-based learning um, is, is a really amazing you know, just pedagogy to, to understand around how play can be a fantastic learning. You know, there is something with trauma-informed um, education now as well, which is just around, which I think all classrooms should be trauma-informed because yep. it really is just all of it needs safe sensory spaces and quiet spaces and all those kind of things. And not that that's just what trauma-informed is about, but really, you know, so there's some, some great things out there to explore a bit further you know as a parent if you're wanting to take that in and also again uh, just that piece that we often talk about the kindness and compassionate to ourselves you know to really sit with whatever comes up for us around any of these elements with kindergarten or schooling or homeschooling or your own journey or whatever it is so yeah lots of kindness and listening to yourself for your child Mm, yeah and I'd love to add that as well from a paradigm perspective I like to think of it like that we are we're aiming to parent and be with our children in a new paradigm from within the old paradigm and that is inevitably going to be challenging at times and that's one of the reasons we need a lot of compassion and also a lot of compassion for everyone because we're all doing it in a different way and there really is no right or wrong way and we're all you know just following our own callings so i think that's you know compassion for ourselves compassion for other parents and you know seeing seeing that we're all in this together yes yes we are yeah. All right. Um, do you want to offer an offering? Offer an offering. <laughs> offer an offering. offering. God. Offer an offering. No, this is it's getting too late now. No, my words stop. My words stop working after a certain time. Is there anything you would like to offer to the parents, Marion, on this topic? I would like to ask: Do you have a yes for? doing some reflection on your own schooling experiences what uh, i used to have a little course aware learning um which i still have as part of my membership but i was remembering that i have some questions in there like what was what what was something that you really enjoyed if you went to school what did you really enjoy about that what was, was there anything you enjoyed and if there was what did you love and what did you really not enjoy and how could, could you listen to those younger parts of you with some love and does that support you in oh here's the rain the rain the tears if you need to cry have a cry <laughs> and does it support you in doing anything differently with your child or children mm, beautiful and I would really love to offer you just a thought or vision around trusting your child's journey around really just coming into 
trusting that they are where they are, even if it feels tricky and that, you know, to really tune into yourself, to know that you can navigate it and find a way through in whatever way. So just, you know, I'm, I'm big on the trust piece, but also even when it's looking tricky, coming back to trusting, what is this about for me and for my child and how can we navigate this to keep growing and thriving? Mm, so beautiful. Yay. And all, above all, support, isn't it? I, I was thinking too, like if, if you need support, I think it's so important to get support around this yes. too because we need community and support around yes. learning and, and the path we take around that. Yes, yes, absolutely we do. Absolutely we do. So thank you all for being here again and listening to our podcast. We love it when you rate us and share it and, you know, and we love last week we had lots of people writing about topics we would they would love us to explore. So we welcome that too because we love talking about all this stuff. So if you have any thoughts or questions around anything, please um, you know, please leave us a message through our Instagram page or our Facebook page. But thank you for being here and uh, listening to this journey. We hope that it's given you some insights and some ideas around navigating schooling for you and your family. Mm, so much love to you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.